What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Friday, May 27th, 2022. Today on the show, a look at how this running back room might play out for the Miami Dolphins in 2022 with a lot of really significant NFL contributors all in one backfield, a lot of mouths to feed. How's it going to stack up? How have McDaniels' offenses historically distributed carries? A look at that more here today, Locked on Dolphins. Let's go. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, your host here Today is Friday, May 27th, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today on the show, we're looking at the running back room. Obviously, for Miami Dolphins fans, the running game has been a sore spot for a long, long time now. And this is the first offseason that I think everybody collectively, as Dolphins fans, can look at the offensive backfield and get excited about the changes that have been made and the presumed commitment to the run game that is going to exist under Coach McDaniel. Been a long time. But how, in the football gods' names, are we going to distribute these carries across Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and Sony Michelle and potentially Miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed? Like, there's a lot of names that have been productive NFL players. Our objective today is to dive into some historical context for Coach McDaniel's offenses that he has been a part of, understanding that he was an offensive coordinator for the first time in 2021. But a look back at his stops in Atlanta and San Francisco, which he was most prominent roles, and what clues might be afforded to us from those tenures and those teams as far as how running back carries have been distributed. Now, our expectations are going to be set thanks to our friends over at Yahoo Sports. They have provided uh, the projections for today's episode that we're going to be going through. And I think establishing and calibrating expectations from a fantasy model, knowing that it's imperfect and knowing that it is a forecast and it is not exactly how things are going to go, I think is significant. As Chase Edmonds, for example, is projected to have 172 carries for 725 rushing yards, five touchdowns. He's also projected to have 40 receptions for 300 yards and an extra score. So in totality, yards from scrimmage, Yahoo is projecting Chase Edmonds over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, 725 rushing yards, and six touchdowns. You compare that to Raheem Mostert, who's projected to get about 100 less carries. 75 projected carries, 350 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and then 13 receptions for 127 yards and an additional touchdown. So from a yards from scrimmage perspective, Mostert almost 500. So that between Mostert and Edmonds alone According to the, the forecast via Yahoo, you're talking almost 1,500 yards of offense. And then you have Sony Michelle, <laughs> who's projected to have 76 carries, so almost the exact workload, according to the projection. 
of Raheem Mostert. Sony Michelle projected to get 319 rushing yards and an additional three touchdowns, plus set eight catches for 54 yards. I'll take the over on the receiving production here, but that's not really the point of today's show. So now you got three backs that are over 350 yards from scrimmage, two backs that are over 500 yards from scrimmage, and one back that's over 1,000 yards from scrimmage. In totality, now through the top three backs, who are all new additions to the Dolphins' offensive backfield, you're talking about 1,900 yards of offense, and I'm not a math guy, but three, seven, 13 touchdowns. You get that kind of offensive production just from the backs? The Dolphins had a really good season. Right now, you may be able to redistribute that production across the names in different orders if you'd like. But we also didn't touch on Miles Gaskin, who's projected to get 51 carries for 210 yards and two touchdowns, plus 16 receptions for 118 yards and another touchdown. So... Grand scheme, like you're talking 16 touchdowns across the four backs according to the forecast. Now, if that, if it's accurate, not that the player individual production is accurate, but if the volume for the Dolphins rushing game is accurate, what a win for Miami. That you would be talking about about 2,000 yards of rushing offense and 15-plus touchdowns for the Dolphins this year via the running game. That's a stratosphere we haven't sniffed in a long, 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 long time. But I do think it is interesting, and the whole point and core of today's show is to talk about the distribution across these names collectively, because there's a lot of names. There's a lot of mouths to feed. So let's, let's take the walk back. If you go back to 2015, and Coach McDaniel was an offensive assistant for the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn's Atlanta Falcons, the team went 8-8. Eight and eight. The team was 19th in the NFL in rushing. They had 1,606 yards rushing with 13 rushing touchdowns. They averaged 3.8 yards per carry. Okay, first year of the offense, it is what it is. That offense saw Devonta Freeman take 265 rush attempts for 1,056 yards, four yards on the nose. He also caught 73 balls for 578 yards, so he had over 1,600 yards from scrimmage and 14 touchdowns on 338 carries. The next highest running back workload was Tevin Coleman for 89 touches for 406 yards. Now, Mike McDaniel an offensive assistant, also them just getting their teeth into uh, the offensive personnel, I think the the jump from 15 to 16, which was the year that the Falcons uh, blew the Super Bowl to the Patriots, is very telling because that following year, the Falcons rushed for 1,928 yards, so an additional 300-plus yards rushing on the ground as a team. They were fifth in the NFL in rushing. They averaged 4.6 yards per attempt, fifth in the NFL. They rushed for 20 touchdowns on the ground, third in the NFL. Magically, the run game makes a huge jump in year two. And it wasn't just, wow, volume's better. It was distribution and balance was much, 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 much better. 
Devonta Freeman still led the team in touches with 281, so he was down 50-something touches. And those 50-something touches all went to Tevin Coleman, who finished with 149 touches, 941 yards from scrimmage. They were very balanced with their backs catching the ball out of the backfield. Both Freeman and Coleman had over 400 yards receiving as backs out of the backfield. They split 24 touchdowns between the two of them, 13 for Freeman and 11 for Coleman. So from Atlanta alone, historically, you saw balance was the name of the game when the team became successful. Now, how does that correlate to San Francisco? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's the whole objective of today and what we will do to explore. But before we do, our next partner has a product that I use every day. AG1 from Athletic Greens. What is this stuff? It is a delicious scoop of 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, aging. It's like the ultimate in multivitamin. But you don't have to, to throw down a bunch of massive pills and gulp down a bunch of water. It's one scoop, one cup of water every day. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. That is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Continuing onward, let's shift gears. Let's, let's go to San Francisco, and I think there's an important picture that needs to be painted here. In 2016, when Coach McDaniel was with Kyle Shanahan and they were on the offensive staff of the Atlanta Falcons and played in the Super Bowl, the San Francisco 49ers were 2-14 with Chip Kelly as their head coach. But, despite all of the issues that existed with the 2-14 San Francisco 49ers, the running game was not amongst them because the running game rushed for 2,019 yards, which was fourth in the NFL, rushed for 15 touchdowns. Very productive rushing game. They were boosted uh, by Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback for uh, 12 games that year, rushed for 468 yards, 6.8 yards per carry. So that plus Carlos Hyde, who was 217 carries for 988 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, that's where the bulk and the meat of your running game came into play. You also had Sean Drone, uh, who had 2.6 yards per carry, yikes. Uh, Dewan Harris, who averaged 3.6 yards per carry, yikes. Uh, Mike Davis, who averaged 2.6 yards per carry, yikes. And one Raheem Mostert, who had one rush for six yards that season. Fast forward to 2017. Kyle Shanahan is now the head coach. The 49ers finished 6-10, so they got better by four games. The rushing game did take a step back. They 
no longer had the benefit of the quarterback run game because their quarterbacks were C.J. Beathard, Brian Hoyer, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Before Jimmy Garoppolo showed up on the scene, the team was 1-10. Garoppolo starts the last five games. They win them all. Coming out of the bye week, they lost to Seattle, and then Garoppolo takes the reins, and and magically uh, the offense looks significantly better. Strings together as many 100-yard team rushing performances as the entire team had in the first 11 games that season. Sixteen hundred sixty-two yards, fifteen rushing touchdowns, four point one yards per carry. Twenty-first, seventh, and seventeenth, respectively, across the NFL. But their passing game had fifteen touchdowns and fifteen interceptions. That ain't gonna cut it. The distribution of carries: Carlos Hyde and Matt Breida were both up over a hundred rush attempts. Carlos Hyde, three hundred total touches, versus Matt Breida, one hundred twenty-six. Very lopsided. More than a 2-to-1 ratio from the best back, the top producing back to the second top producing back. 2018, Shanahan's 49ers went 4-12. and Started extremely slow. They were 1-7 and at one point in time. Garoppolo played three games. The rest of the season was spent between C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. Uh, but the rushing offense, 1,900 yards. yards per carry. Both of those areas were better than the year before. How do they split the carries? Matt Breida, 153 rush attempts. Alfred Morris, 111 rush attempts. Jeff Wilson, 66 rush attempts. Raheem Mostert, 34 rush attempts. So when you include receptions in the passing game, 180, 119, 78. So you had three backs who were significant contributors. This balance looks a lot like what the forecast from Yahoo has dictated for the Miami Dolphins this year. 1,900 rushing yards. The scoring was down, but the yards per attempt was was fairly good. You know what the problem was with this team? Opposing teams passed for 35 touchdowns and threw just two interceptions against the 49ers in 2018. Just two. Two! Two! So they couldn't get turnovers to save their lives. Anton Exum and Jaquiski Tart each logged one interception, one pick. That was it. So a very flawed roster. 2019, year three, 13 and three. The defense gets better. The 49ers go to the Super Bowl. The team rushed for 2,300 yards and 23 touchdowns. Number two in the NFL in rushing volume. Number one in the NFL in scoring on the ground. This is where we are hoping the Dolphins are going to pick up because this is your utopian situation. The leading touch getter out of the backfield that year was Raheem, was, excuse me, Tevin Coleman, 158 total touches, total touches. Raheem Mostert had 151 total touches. Matt Breida had 142. You had three guys within 16 touches of each other, and none of them had less than 142 touches on the season. That is, you know, it might not be fun for fantasy football players. 
it might make it a big pain in the butt to figure out which Dolphins back you want to have on your roster this year. But they stayed healthy all year. Coleman played in 14 games. Moster played in 16 games. And Brita played in 13 games. And they managed to completely keep teams off balance. Two of these guys, Mostert and Brita, averaged over five yards per rush. Coleman is the between-the-tackles guy four on the nose, 4.0 yards per carry on the nose. But even in the passing game, Coleman, 21 catches for 180 yards. Mostert, 14 catches for 180 yards. Brita, 19 catches for 120 yards. That's the formula, and this team went 13-3 and and went to the Super Bowl. Ran all over the Green Bay Packers in the conference championship game. 37 points on. And they blew a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl to lose by 11. So as you're looking at the stops that McDaniel has had as an offensive assistant and a run game coordinator and the offensive coordinator, of course, they went back to the conference championship game again this past year. 2019 is the season that you look at from a back backfield balance distribution and you can point to that and you could say boy if Miami can if Sony Michelle can be the Dolphins version of Tevin Coleman that year 137 carries 544 yards six touchdowns on the ground caught 21 balls for 180 yards can Sony Michelle do that you're asking him to do less than he did for the Rams last year If Raheem Mostert can stay healthy, I know that's a big if. But can Chase Edmonds be better than Matt Breida? Yes, he can. And if it's not Mostert, can it be Savan Ahmed? Or can Coleman be Mostert, or excuse me, or or can Edmonds be Mostert and Mostert be the Breida role where he has the least amount of touches and, and... 700 yards of offense. Can you get that from Miles Gaskin or Savan Ahmed if Matt Breida gets hurt? If Raheem Mostert gets hurt? You can only hope. But you do have two additional years of Mike McDaniel in San Francisco to acknowledge, including 2020, the team regressed to 6-10 and 10 after losing the Super Bowl. The team did manage to sustain... Heavy balance in the backfield, though. Their rushing volume regressed, 1,889. They were still top half of the league. They had 19 rushing touchdowns, which is still top 10 in the NFL. 4.3 yards per carry, middle of the road. They regressed by about two-tenths of a yard per carry. But again, remember, Nick Mullins started eight games. Jimmy Garoppolo started six games, and C.J. Beathard started two games. And across that season... Jeff Wilson was your leading carry getter, 139 touches, 126 rush attempts. Raheem Mostert played in 18 games, had 120 touches. He was on pace to significantly lead the team. He was on pace for about 240 touches before he got hurt. And then Jarek McKinnon uh, was prompted to take on a larger role as, as Jeff Wilson was elevated as well when Mostert went down about halfway through the year. But you still had three backs between 139 and 114 touches. So now your top three all were within 25 touches of each other. 
wouldn't have been that way if Mostert had stayed healthy. So they tried to lean into him. The workload kind of built up. And then, of course, we know in 2021, Mostert played, what, one game? Had two carries for 20 yards, and that was it for the year? This is where San Francisco had to get creative. And this was where Mike McDaniel is the OC getting creative. You saw the Dolphins' optimism of what he can be really come in large part due to they had interest in McDaniel for the OC job beforehand, trying to tailor the offense under Brian Flores for Tua Tagovailoa. And then McDaniel comes out, Eliza Mitchell, day three running back, rookie, gets 207 carries, 226 touches, 1,100 yards from scrimmage. Jeff Wilson's the next most productive back with 86. But you got Debo Samuel involved in the rushing game. He rushed 59 times for 365 yards, 6.2 yards per carry, and eight touchdowns on the ground to go with 77 receptions for 1,400 yards and six touchdowns. Unbelievable production. But Trey Sermon, they spent a third-round pick on. He got 41 carries for the year. Never seemed like they were able to trust him. Jeff Wilson carried the ball 79 times for 294 yards. 3.7 yards per carry, though, was not productive on a per-touch basis. So I think it's, it, it's very interesting to me, as you look at the history of McDaniel and his stops in significant roles in, in the Shanahan offense, when you are able to obtain balance with your backs, this team has traditionally, this offense has traditionally been highly productive and has been highly successful from a team standpoint. So the fact that the Dolphins have this quote-unquote backlog of backs where you've got four significant contributors, I would expect that to be the model. Right now, there's a numbers game involved, and you're carrying a fullback, and you have all these tight ends on the roster. So, like, people are going to get cut. You're not going to be able to keep everybody. But what you are going to be able to do, providing health allows it, is you are going to be able to try your best to replicate the balance of the 2019 and the 2016 Shanahan offenses. And when that balance exists, these teams put up points. And Miami having positioned themselves to have multiple backs with multiple skill sets to all fill certain roles, the Tevin Coleman roles of the world, the Raheem Mostert roles of the world. It's been alluded to that Tyreek Hill might get some Debo Samuel type looks. I wouldn't expect he's going to carry the ball 90 times this year. But you've got all the ingredients to replicate a lot of what has made that 2016 and 2019 Shanahan offense so good. Let's go out and execute. Fade the Dolphins' backs on your your fantasy team, though. I would definitely say that. (laughs) It's going to be a nightmare week to week figuring out who's going to be the guy. But that's, that's how they want it. That's good design. That's good roster building. Hope you guys enjoyed this exploration of the Dolphins' backfield and projections and historical context. I know I certainly did. Fins up. Make it a great weekend. 
Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. I'll talk with you guys again on Monday.